Welcome to the podcast of the preaching ministry of LifePoint Church, led by Pastor Lane Harrison. We pray this ministry is a blessing for your life. For more information about LifePoint, please visit lifepointozark.com. For more information and resources from Pastor Lane, please visit mlaneharrison.com. Well, I want to welcome you to the 19th annual Christmas Eve service of LifePoint Church. Here's the reason that that's kind of cool. We're only a little over 18 years old. This is the longest standing tradition of our church of anything else that we do. Thank you, Chad. The first year, the first fall that we started in 2004, uh, just a couple of months before Christmas, uh, we decided, you know what? We didn't know anyone else uh, that was having a Christmas Eve service, so we thought we would have one. A few years later, we had had them in succession, and, and because of the way the schedule fell, someone said, well, maybe we don't need a Christmas Eve service this year. I was quickly rebuked, admonished, and corrected. And that question has never returned again. It's a special time for us, a special night for us. For us as a church, it's a time for us to center our thoughts and our affections, to center our hearts and our minds, to center our congregation on the one whom we worship every week, the Lord Jesus Christ. But in his coming as a baby, in the humbling of God and not holding to that, as Philippians 2 says, but in the coming to take on flesh, the word becoming flesh among us. It is worthy of our time. It is worthy of our attention. It is worthy of our celebration. And so I welcome you to that tonight. I want to invite you to open your Bibles tonight to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, I want to just take a few moments to consider a passage that a lot of times I think this gets overlooked. Uh, you know, there are a number of characters that we look at in the birth narratives of Jesus. We, we look at Elizabeth who Mary went to and she was still pregnant and, and John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's womb and, and he leapt uh, in Elizabeth's womb because he recognized that the divine one had entered the room, right? And from that point forward, we begin to see character after character from Mary to Joseph to, uh, to the shepherds to the wise men. And, and, and here tonight, we encounter one of the characters in the birth narrative that often gets overlooked but plays a very critical role. And his name is Simeon. His name is Simeon. And he serves in the synagogue and leads the people of God weekly. But there was something distinct about him that Luke wants us to see. And so I turn your attention to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to begin reading in verse 22. And I want to continue tonight in our series, The Prophecy of Christmas, to see as we have each week how the promise of God that was foretold so many years before perfectly carried out to be fulfilled for his people in the coming of the Messiah. Luke chapter 2 verse 22 records. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses. They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord. 
Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. May God bless the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the obeying of his word today. Simeon's a unique character, and in the redemptive historical narrative of Scripture, plays an important role. God sent several people in and around just before, through, and after the time of Jesus Christ who would confirm that Jesus was, in fact, the Christ of God, the, the one who would fulfill all of God's promises as Messiah that he had made throughout the Old Testament. And Simeon is one of these characters. And what Simeon knew is why we are here tonight. And I want to say this very simply to you. I, I hope it blesses your Christmas celebration, but I hope it also helps you to focus on what Christmas and, uh, is all about and what Jesus is all about. But tonight, I want, to, uh, I, I want to focus our thoughts around this, that Jesus came to earth to make sense of everything for life, both in this world and for eternity. Jesus came to earth to make everything for life make sense, both in this world and for eternity. Now, I believe that's what we see in the life of Simeon. Here was a man who was daily going about his life and doing his duty, and he lived with a burden from God on his life. And every day he carried this burden. And every day he carried it to work and he carried it home. Another day clocked in, another day clocked out, but not the day that he was awaiting. You see, on this particular day, eight days after Mary had given birth to Jesus, Joseph and Mary, the scripture records, went up to the temple. They were devout people. They were deeply committed to honoring the Lord. And in accordance with the customs of their law of, of, of Jews, on the eighth day, they went to Jerusalem to present the baby to the Lord. They wanted to dedicate their child to the Lord. And so when they arrived, Simeon was working that day and he was serving the Lord. 
And so he is the one that received the child from Joseph and Mary, and he is the one that would have pronounced the blessing upon the child and upon the home. Now what we learn about Simeon in this passage is that he was a man whose life was marked by this one burden. He was waiting on the consolation of Israel. He was waiting on the fulfillment of what God by his spirit had told him would take place in his life. The fulfillment of God's promise to him. His role in redemptive history is this. He would be the one who would confirm the baby Jesus to be the the Lord Christ of God for the people Israel. Now, we know this. We looking back on the story, we realize not everybody believes Simeon. But that wasn't the point. The point was God had appointed Simeon for this purpose. Simeon lived his life in accordance with the call or the burden of God. And here we see the fulfillment of that burden taking place. You see, while he plays a very particular role in the redemptive narrative of Scripture, he also models for us the kind of life that God calls every Christ follower to live. God places a burden upon every Christ follower, one that is distinctively marked by our hope in waiting on and looking to the Lord Jesus for all things, both now in this world as he leads us by his spirit through the light of his truth, but also for his second coming. You see, we don't just celebrate Christmas because he came. We celebrate Christmas because in his coming, we know he will come again. And that's our hope in a world that is broken and darkened by sin. In a world that doesn't work the way that God intended for it to work when he created it. Because sin has skewed it and broken it in every way. Our lives are marked by our hope as Christians in looking to and waiting for the Lord Jesus in all things. So God told Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ, this one who would come to fulfill all of the promises of Messiah. Now, Simeon didn't necessarily know it was going to be a baby. He didn't know what this person would look like or how it would come to him. As a matter of fact, initially when Simeon saw Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus come, we have every evidence to know he didn't know who it was at first. Because we will see in just a moment, the Spirit of God reveals it to Simeon, the very one that's leading his life. But on this day, he came into the synagogue to do his duty just as he had every other day. He didn't neglect the importance of following God even on the days where he didn't feel like he was hearing from God. On the ordinary days, it was as important for Simeon to honor God with his life as it was on the extraordinary days. As a matter of fact, honoring God in the ordinary is what made this day so extraordinary for Simeon because God had led him and shown him his faithfulness. Luke records this, that Simeon came to do his duties in the Spirit. He's teaching us how seriously Simeon took his responsibility from God to walk in daily obedience to God's command, awaiting and and putting his hope not just in lip service, but in life action, 
of following the Lord. And on this day, when the baby was handed to him, as babies had been handed to him countless number of times, because he was in the Spirit, the Bible tells us that it was the Spirit of God that told him, this baby is the Lord's Christ. And that's how Simeon knew that this was the fulfillment of God's prophecy because God, by his spirit, revealed, him, revealed it to Simeon in this moment. You see, friends, the faithfulness of Simeon to God's call on his life was honored by the faithfulness of God to fulfill his promise to Simeon. God is faithful to fulfill the promise of his word. That's what we see throughout the narrative of Jesus' birth. That's the very point of the birth of Jesus Christ. But only those people who are trusting and looking to Jesus will believe to experience it for their own life. And so tonight as we gather I know that many of you are looking to Jesus Christ. You're trusting in him with your life. And you are looking to him on a daily basis for the promises that he's made, for the goodness that he is, for the power that he gives to walk in the light of his truth and in his command. And tonight is a celebration. God confirms that in our heart when we gather in the spirit and when we praise and when we worship him and the reading of scripture and the singing of songs. But some of you tonight, you know many of these things. Or maybe you hear them for the first time. But you've never come to the point in your life where you've put your trust in the one of whom they speak, in Jesus Christ. To trust him for the way you live and even for the why of your life. And that's what Simeon presses upon us tonight to do. To not just give lip service to Christianity. To not just give lip service and talk the right talk about Jesus. But rather to trust him. To follow him with all of our heart and with all of our might and all of our mind. To see the power of God come to fruition in our life. You see, Simeon testifies that his life, listen to this is finished because he has seen the fulfillment of God's promise in Jesus. His life is finished. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that Simeon's life was immediately over. That, that's probably included in this because all that we know of Simeon, he was advanced in age. He, he was an older man. And he had lived a long time waiting to see this very moment occur. He was a man who every day who got up and in the back of his mind at least once, if not continually through the day, wondered, will today be the day that God answers the burden that he put on my life? And so Simeon states that his faith in God's word, the prophecy he had given, was now made sight in the revelation that this baby was the Lord's Christ. You see, the call of God for which he had lived so long on this day and at this moment, was completed. And so Simeon states that God is worthy of all trust. This is his testimony, his confession in his statement, that God is worthy of our obedience because he's faithful to fulfill the promises he makes. Do you know how many promises God's never kept? Goose eggs. Not one. And that's what Simeon's confessing to us he's testifying to us that God is a God that keeps his promises the very purpose of his whole life was finished 
Simeon says, my life is completed because God's kept the promise that he made to me. The one in whom all of my hope was placed has said yes. He's validated, he's confirmed, he's revealed his promise. And that was done by God's faithfulness for his purpose. Now, when you hear him say finished, I don't want you to think so much in terminal terms, okay? I'm not asking you to think terminally about your own life. I don't even want you to think that way about Simeon's life tonight. I want you to think a little more in the realm of reaching the point of fulfilling that true purpose. Because what we will see, Simeon says this, he says that that God has released him in peace. Like the burden's been lifted. Like like the, the call that he's carried for his whole life has been fulfilled and the burden's been lifted and the peace and the joy is overflowing in him now. That's what we're looking at. Think more of a, a work of art, a masterpiece. When it is finished, what, is, what happens to it? It's displayed for all to see and, and for people to enjoy its beauty, right? When a house is under construction, what happens when it gets finished? People move in, right? Some a little early, some a little after. But when the house gets finished, you move in. Why? To enjoy it. To, 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 to bear the fruit, if you will, of the labors of what was taking place. And that's very much what Simeon is testifying to here. At that moment, it begins to serve the purpose for which it was created. To bless all by its beauty. To house the one that inhabits it for the house. Simeon was set free in God's peace. He was released because his whole life purpose was fulfilled. You see, friends, Simeon's prophecy identifies three very important truths about salvation in Jesus Christ for us tonight. It tells us this. Number one, Jesus is the one who fulfills all the promises of God for salvation. There won't ever be a promise that God made that will be fulfilled outside of Jesus Christ. That's what he means when he says, this is the Lord's Christ. The fulfillment of all of those promises. Mary and Joseph take the baby to the synagogue where God declares by his servant to all Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. He's not the Messiah. He's not Lord if you think he is Lord. He is Lord that commands your faith in him as Lord. That's the first truth. The second important truth that Simeon teaches us is this, that God's salvation in Jesus Christ is for all who believe. Simeon says this, that it's the light of revelation to the Gentiles. It is the glory of Israel. Why? Because Israel were the chosen people of God through whom the Messiah would come. But that Messiah would come to those people, not only for those people, but for all who would believe. And so that's a very important truth for us to understand that this salvation is for all who will believe. And the third is this, that salvation from God in Jesus Christ that one receives by faith is to be shared with one's whole life for all. You see, Simeon wasn't serving just for Simeon. Simeon was serving because he understood the impact that when God revealed the Lord's Christ to him, it would not just be for him. It would be for all who would believe in him.
And Simeon knew in this moment that the fulfillment of God's promise to him had come, not just to him, but for all who would believe. Not only 2,000 years ago, but 2,000 years later to this very night as the Lord Jesus is declared. What Simeon declares of his own life is true of everyone who believes in Jesus. Jesus releases the one who believes in him to live alive with God, Paul teaches. That, that though we were once dead in our sins and our trespasses, by Jesus Christ and faith in him, we are made alive unto God. And that's the beauty of this, that, that we don't have to search for God. He comes to us. That, that, that we don't have to do something to, to get to God, but rather he is the one who does and has done in Jesus Christ for us that we might be made alive with him. And it is in this sense that all things in this life make sense because of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth to make everything for life make sense, both now and for eternity. You know, Paul states the same sentiment another way in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, when he says this, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. In who? In Jesus Christ. That is why he goes on to say, it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Tonight is the uttering of a congregational amen for the glory of Jesus Christ. That we are a people who know God is fulfilling his promise to us through Jesus Christ. And friends, if you're here tonight and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because you've never asked him to forgive you of your sin, you've never asked him to cleanse you and to come into your life, God is inviting you to that very question tonight. Will you put your trust in Jesus for your sins to be forgiven and cleansed that Jesus might make sense of everything for life for you? Just like he did for Simeon, just like he's done for every person who's ever received him by faith. You see, Simon testifies about God's faithfulness in his life and what he testifies, Paul later teaches for all who will believe in Jesus. That, that we who follow Jesus live to glorify God by our agreement with. That's what a confession is. Our agreement with his truth in Jesus Christ. And then our alignment unto through faith. Because of faith that we follow walking in the light of his truth in the way that we live, obeying God. Why? Because God is fulfilling the promises of his word in our life. And that's why we are following him. The word became flesh that by his spirit he might inhabit us, our flesh, and live within us. You see, friends, without Jesus, there is no peace with God. There will never be peace with God without Jesus. But all who know Christ have peace with God. And when there is no peace with God, friends, life does not make sense. Why? Because the soul remains imprisoned by chaos. The absence of peace. 
That's what Simeon is teaching us tonight. Jesus makes everything make sense because he completes everything. And without him, anything that is, is incomplete. Think about this for just a moment. We're talking about the Lord of eternity. But think about who Jesus is for a moment. Though we often don't think of it this way, creation only makes sense because of Jesus. You ever think about this? Where we live day in and day out only makes sense because of Jesus. The Bible teaches us that all things in this world were created by him. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Listen friends, this world wouldn't work at all if Jesus were to let go. But he won't. Because one day, he's going to make it all right again. That's what he's promised. And creation itself tells us, the Bible tells us, that even creation groans awaiting the return of Jesus Christ to make all things right, fully and finally, to to set creation free from the corruption of sin. And how often we fail to recognize Jesus as Lord. Think about Jesus' lordship over creation just for a moment and how often we we fail to recognize him. Think about something as simple as, as gravity. The laws of nature. Gravity does not make sense without Jesus. No one's surprised when the law of gravity is exerted, are you? I mean, when, 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 someone, when someone's walking and they stump their toe or they trip and fall down, they don't get up and go, my whole life doesn't make sense anymore because I fell down. Like, we don't do that. Why? We go, oh my goodness, gravity works. Right? And, and that's the way we think about it. Now, we don't necessarily think, now Jesus is Lord of that fall right there, so he must have had a moment and a purpose for it in my life. Now, that's all true, but we don't think about it that way. We usually think, man, that hurt. Why can't I just pick my feet up? No, we, we, we don't think about it in that way. We may loathe the pain. We may grieve the fall, but we don't question why it happened. What we've learned in natural law deemed that it happened because of gravity. No one trips and just floats away. You know, no one goes to, to Lambert's to eat and goes, they threw a roll to me the other night we were eating. It just never got to me. Why? We don't question gravity, right? That, that's the reason it hits you in the eye if you miss it. That's the way Lambert's works. In other words, we put our faith in gravity in the way we live to avoid falling. Or, as is Missouri weather appropriate, to avoid skidding off the road when it's icy, right? These are the laws of nature. Everyone believes in gravity, especially those who have experienced it most powerfully, those who depend upon it every day, even though we often neglect to thank the one who created it and sustains it, the Lord of creation. Creation and natural law make sense because of Jesus. And if creation only makes sense because of Jesus, how much more eternity, the spiritual realm, and the supernatural, the one who's been there is from there and is Lord of that as well. Listen, every New Testament writer declares the same testimony, friends. P. 
Peter even says that the prophets who wrote the words of God's promise throughout the Old Testament, each and every one of them longed and searched diligently to see the one that they knew they were speaking of, but they weren't sure who he was. Why? Well, God said, that's not for you to know. I'm gonna show that later. And do you know when he showed it? Right here with Simeon. The gospel declares that God sent Jesus to earth to reconcile the whole world to him. And as we celebrate Christmas, we worship the one who came to release life by God's peace. Jesus came to earth to make everything for life make sense, both in this world and for eternity. And the question I want to leave you with tonight is simply this. Have you trusted Jesus to release your life into God's peace? Have you accepted his forgiveness for sin? Have you accepted his cleansing from sin? And have you received peace with God that only Jesus can give? That's how Jesus makes sense of everything. He gives peace with God And that's what Simeon tells us he has come to do.